Hey folks, this is the Love of Cinema podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you have come to the right place. Because I come from there, I think the it had a lot of detailing. That film and as they say in advertising, God lies in detailing. So it was very, very well detailed. The student hostels, what they ate, how they behaved, uh, how bombs are made. I mean, in Irfan's opening sequence that he's being kicked around, he's being beaten and he runs in and he makes this bomb and throws it, uh, which used to happen in Allahabad. I mean, Allahabad's main weapon is bombs, which is not knives, these are not pistols, but it's bombs. Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome back to the second season of the podcast. This is your host Himanshu and you're listening to the Love of Cinema podcast. Delighted to be back after a short break and looking forward to bringing you another series of candid, insightful conversations with creative personalities spanning the wide range of Indian cinema. We'll be kicking off the second season with today's episode featuring a conversation with Digmanchu Dulia. But before that, in case you're new to the podcast and are listening for the first time, first of all, welcome. Thanks for checking out the Love of Cinema podcast. Hope you liked the episode and do check out season one of the podcast as well. You can find all 12 episodes of season one wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of the other podcasting apps. My aim with this podcast has been to bring to you long-form, unhurried, free-willing conversations centered around Indian cinema and streaming shows. And I'll continue to keep on doing that. If you enjoy similar conversations, do consider subscribing. You can find the Love of Cinema podcast on all major podcasting apps. Also, do review us on Apple Podcasts when you get a chance. And don't forget to share with your friends an episode which you like. On this episode, a chat with writer-director Digmanchu Dhulia, who with his very first film, Hasil, a romantic drama set against the backdrop of student politics in Allahabad, made a mark with his natural and sincere style of storytelling. Perhaps in a way, Hasil also reassured in the wave of rooted Hindi films, which have been championed by Anand El Rai and popularized by Ayushman Kurana in recent years. Since Hasil, Digmanchu has made several remarkable films. Whether it was the national award-winning Pansing Tomer, a stirring biopic which also doubles as an heartfelt tribute to unsung sports heroes, or the relatively unheralded Shagird, the riveting action drama exploring the nexus between the underworld, politicians, and cops, his films have always made for compelling and entertaining cinema. Quite a rare combination. And of course, we have seen Thigmanchu in front of the camera. He immortalized the character of Ramadri Singh in Gangs of Wasipur with his gritty portrayal and terrific improvisation, lending spark to lines already loaded with gunpowder. He was also nothing short of terrific in Zero as well, as Ashok Singh, who doesn't exactly share a warm relationship with his son Bawa. We'll be hearing from Thigmanchu on his cinema, his craft, what he learned from working with Shekhar Kapoor and Mani Ratnam, his approach as an actor, his love for Kayasif, the towering talent of Irfan, and much more. Digmanchu also had some wonderful film recommendations, films which perhaps many might not have heard of. So let's get started, shall we? Digmanchu, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, there's a lot I want to ask you about your films. Uh, but before that, uh, let's talk about your early days because I was reading up on uh, the internet and there's a lot of um, questions that I have about your early days as well. So um, let me start off by starting the conversation here. Uh, some of the finest artists we have today um, are graduates of the NST. You, of course, being one of them. And um, if I were to ask you, um, in your opinion, uh, what has been the one thing that you value the most, even today, which you picked up at NSD? I think camaraderie. Uh, 
being with friends, sharing ideas. And uh, because that was the first time I kind of stayed in a, in a hostel. I, that was the first time I, those three years. So that gave me a great sense of camaraderie. Though I always liked being with friends. I, I'm a very good person. Right, right. Very social, yeah. Yeah. But now, no, not now. I mean, I'm social in the sense, but it's very hard to find real friends now since you've become a professional and, and in Mumbai. So actually, all your friends are your old, old, old mates. Uh, these are all professional acquaintances. That's, that's it. So that's one thing, and theater gives you that. Theater because theater is a, is a kind of t- team effort, and you, you know you you do everything backstage from acting to costume, and so that that theater because National School Drama is a theater institute, it's not a film institute. So that I'll kind of uh, learned and that sense of blocking, which as a film director, you know, when you're blocking your scenes, your entry exits, at which point the actor will get up or will not get up. Uh, that sense I got from theater, from, from the National Civil Drama. That's very interesting. You uh, talk of uh, blocking. And um, why, why do you think that so many of the finest actors today are, do come from that theater background? I mean, obviously they, uh, you know, they're professionally trained, so that's one. But uh, what is it about um, this particular generation? Like, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, young actors who are also from NSD. And what do you think sets them apart? Uh, see, Himanshu, uh, my, my elder brother's name is Himanshu as well. Oh, so, oh nice. <laughs> so, uh, Himanshu, what is, see, a singer, a classical, a trained singer, he does his riyas, he does his practice. A dancer does his practice. I mean, Riyaz, a very serious singer will do at least two to three hours of Riyaz every day. Sure. A, dancer, a dancer will do it. Everybody does it. But an actor mostly goes to the gym. So you have to look good. You have to look good. So theater, even if you're a film actor, theater is that space where you do your Riyaz. Hmm. That is why all these actors who are not also from NSD but have a theater background are doing so well. Yeah, they're constantly they're doing film, but they're also doing some. Whenever they get the time, they do theater in Mumbai, and that is their riyas. That makes sense. That makes sense. You assisted uh, Maniratnam, Ketan Mehta, Shekhar Kapoor uh, before moving on to make your own films, obviously. Uh, what were some of your creative uh, takeaways uh, from working with these uh, modern masters, if I may call them that? With Ketan Mehta, I passed out from the National Film Drama in 1989, and soon in 1990, Ketan was doing his film called Sardar Patel. But I was not his assistant. I was an assistant art director. So okay. that, my, that was that film was my I, I got initiated I got, I got baptized into film but from that film. But me and Ketan, my I mean we kind of had he spotted me there in that film and you know he did a lot for me. That's another story. But I only worked with him as an assistant art director. That's about it. And then we kind of started knowing each other through our works and stuff. And I have great respect for Ketan. Uh, then with Shekhar Kapoor. And then uh, I was actually the dialogue writer for Dilse, Manisar's first Hindi film. Right. Uh, knowing that he's he is from uh, Tamil Nadu and his Hindi doesn't understand Hindi at all. Uh, so because I was the dialogue writer, I was there required on sets. I was there on set, and because I'm uh, I was a fresh assistant, I could not just sit on my on 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 my seat and you know to watch things happening. I got, up, I got up and started assisting at well, and that, that was helping him in doing background action. Mm-hmm. So I continued doing that while writing, and then the dubbing of the film started, and then he did, needed me there as well. Uh, so I I was there throughout the dub of Dilse. So I, though my name does not come in the assistant uh, in, that, in the credit, but uh, I can proudly say that, yes, I did assist Mr. Rakham in Dilse. Right. So my takeaway, uh, both the director, director Shekhar Kapoor and Maritam are two different people. Their working style and the way they approach the the, 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 the subject is very different. 
Shekhar ji, uh, at that time, I mean, I, I don't know what happened uh, when he was doing Elizabeth and the entire uh, the Western discipline, he might have changed, I don't know. But since I, I did Bandit Queen and the little stuff of, of the Hindi films which he had kind of left and went on to do Bandit Queen was still left to do in Mumbai. So whatever that bit I did with him, uh, he he. It's not that he did a lot of homework and he was prepared. I'm very much like him, like Shekharji. Uh, I don't I don't believe in workshops. Um, I, I want the actor to react there instant, and that reaction is magic. If you I believe if you do a lot of workshops and you know the the actor you condition him, and he will do the same thing. Uh, and Shekharji was like that changing things on set a day before. So you have to be on your toes, everybody, the entire unit, including actors, which I think is a, which I kind of adopt from him. Okay. What I admired about Mariratham that he was a workaholic, completely immersed in the project he was doing at that point of time. Nothing, he was not never a party guy. He was, he was not that. And the way he used to handle stars, I mean, with such command, I said, director, you know, he's commands so much respect, you know, and everybody respects him so much. So I kind of, uh, I wanted that to happen to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but that can only happen through your work. Nobody kind of respects you just like that. So I kind of, so these two things that you, as a director, you, you must, should, you should be respected. You should be a workaholic and you should be intuitive and instinctive and not conditioned and you know so these are the couple of things i kind of invite from these two grades i see and uh, just one more question on these two people because i i find their um, cinema fascinating obviously as so many um, other people uh, what what is it uh, about their storytelling in particular that you admire um, the most or what is it about their storytelling that is so effective in your opinion both of them kind of uh, focus on the on, on the the spine the morality of the story rather than what how my film will begin and which will be my interval point and you know all these set props items in a script which one really has to go through uh, both these directors are they're seasoned directors that they when they make their film they make it with so much authority and confidence that uh, they're always trying to evolve as artists. Though Maniratnam, because there was a masterclass which uh, the, the directors of station in Mumbai did once and it was the first uh, endeavor and they had called Mani sir and I was supposed to, you know, you know the mediator, what do you call it? I was supposed to ask questions and my first question to him was, um, most of his earlier films, he always used to have these characters from a certain place and used to throw them in an alien place. Like a couple from Tamil Nadu, newly got married, were thrown in Kashmir. Right. Yeah, yeah. In Bombay, they were thrown into Bombay. And earlier films also, two, three earlier films also, the same, the same thing, that he was following the same pattern. Even and in Naikan, right? That's that's pretty much Na the core. Naikan, but Naikan, he was not thrown. I mean, he was already there. Right. Mudaliyar was all, all, already, Vardarajan was a Bombay guy. Uh, but yes, yes, even Naikan, you can say that. So, uh, and he said he find, found it very fascinating. I mean, because there was so much variety in, in, in the whole Indian geography. And uh, there, there was so much variables. He could then kind of pick and choose where to create conflict from. Is it to create the conflict from the plot or from culture, from language, from other things. So... Mani Sir is great because he, he you can see his history, geography, the entire society in, in his films. It is not just the plot moving. So, which is great because he, he then, which means that the, the director has a, a certain understanding, a certain ideology he's following when he's telling a story. Not He's just not pushing the plot. There's something more to it. So that that is that is something great about both these both these directors. And Mani and Shekharji is fabulous with actors. He is just brilliant with actors and with kids. And he he's he's a charming guy. He 
everybody's cool on the set. In, on Mani Sir's set, everybody's tense. <laughs> Two different personalities, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they are both doing, I mean, they're both focused what they want, and, but in two different ways. I see. And what, what's the secret of, um, like you said, in Shekhar Kapoor's instance, uh, what's, what's the secret of, um, you know, keeping calm on the set and making actors feel like, uh, you know, this is just a day's job and that's how you get the best out of them? I think, I think it's his upbringing and, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's Devanan's nephew. And Devanan's such a charmer. I think it's in his genes. I mm. just worked, worked with uh, Purab Kohli, who's uh, Shekharji's nephew. And when I, I, I had no idea about it. And when I met uh, Purab, I said, you remind me so much of Shekharji, uh, the way you speak, the way, I mean, your gestures and you, the way you talk to others. I mean, and he said, I'm Shekharji's nephew. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's that whole charm, the elegance, the etiquette, the compassion, everything, it, it, it's not cultivated, it's, it's, it's there. Digmanshi, you are also a beloved um, actor as well. And personally, I love your turns in Gangs of Wasipur and Zero. Uh, what have your acting gigs uh, taught you about directing? I think acting is the easiest job in the world. You know? <laughs> Especially, I mean, uh, until unless you're giving uh, a role like what Brad Pitt did in when he was in that film, and he was he's getting younger and younger. Uh, forgetting what's what was the name of the film? That Brad Pitt film. Curious case of uh, Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah, and, and until unless you're given that kind of role, where you really have to work on the physicality of the character. You are young, but you have to play a really old man, or you're a crippled man, or a drunk throughout. Then it is different. Then, then the then skill comes into place. Otherwise, the rest of it, because I have directed so much, written so much, uh, I have that kind of understanding of how eventually I will look on screen when I'm acting. And when an actor gets that sense that, here, look, I'm acting, the director said action, and he has that sense that eventually, how will I look on screen? If a, an actor has that sense that, 90% of the battle is won. So after doing so much work, I kind of had that sense. But yes, Vasipur, I was acting after passing out of drama school after 20 years. And I had no idea oh, wow. there were there were two films and I had to play an older part as well, 70 years old. When these guys came to my office to do my to take my measurement and for prosthetic work, then it dawned. I said, what am I getting into? Because this is something serious. And uh, uh, then it happened, but there I had no pressure. That is why I, I kind of did what I could do uh, because uh, I had no pressure. Anwar was a friend. I knew the cameraman, the entire unit I knew, and the other actors I knew. And I've been working with a bigger actor like Mani Ratnam or somebody, somebody senior. I might not have done what I did. So I also right. thought that even if I failed, what the fuck? Even if I failed, I'm, I'll still be a director <laughs> actor. You know? <laughs> right. And how observant are you, <clears throat> excuse me, how observant are you when you're in front of the camera as to what's going on behind the camera? And are you like always trying to compare your styles uh, with the other directors that you're working with when you're on the set as an actor? No, no, no. Only, if, only when I, I, like three, four days back, I, I usually I don't do ads, but I act in, in, in an ad. Uh, and there I found the director to be a very incompetent. So there I can kind of do my fuse. Otherwise, uh, otherwise I never, never, I never question question the director. I behave like a like a very disciplined and good natured actor. Okay. And I got to ask you this: Hindustan um, mein cinema hai, was that your improvisation or was that already <laughs> written in by question? It was written. Tumse na ho paega was improvised. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask is because I can totally see you, uh, you know, saying that line. And I, I, you know, I mean, we have we have barely met. I mean, this is the first time we are talking. But from what I've seen, uh, your interviews and whatever I've seen, your clips from YouTube, I can totally see uh, someone like you saying that line. And that line is, uh, you know, it's 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 a very simple line. But I think the reason why it has 
become such God level cult is because it rings true with everyone. <laughs> I think everybody agrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yes. It's it's a, such a simple line. I mean, it's like that. True, true. Yeah. All right, Tikmanchu, let's talk hustle. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks a lot for helping us, a lot of us, rather, I should say, discover the towering talent of Irfan. Um, I still remember watching hustle for the very first time and was utterly stunned by that performance. Um, just the realness, the conviction of it, uh, it was something extraordinary. Um, had you worked with him before? Uh, what made you cast him as Ranvijay Singh? Uh, me and I had worked with him earlier uh, on television, a lot, in fact. So, um, and I knew him from my drama school days. When I was in the first year, he was in the third year, and there was a zero session, so there was no second year. So, kind of the the affinity between between the two batches were even closer. And uh, and I really liked him as an actor. But when 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 his the third year diploma production started to happen. And I remember watching him in a play called The Lower Depths uh, by Maxim Gorky. Uh, and he was so, so good. And some other actor was kind of more popular in his class. And he was supposed to be the best and, you know, the blue-eyed guy. But... Uh, and Who is, fun. Uh, do you, uh, is he in films? No, no, he's not in films. He's still doing theatre and he's, he's kind of big in theatre. But uh, So Irfan was uh, more of a recluse and... Uh, but his personality, his entire demeanor, the way he used to uh, approach, was very attractive. He was a very attractive actor. I mean, if there are four actors on stage, I mean, you would look at him. So, and then, uh, and he was a very worried actor. Me and him, whenever we talked, I mean, he was really serious and worried about his work. That was very, very fascinating. I mean, he was just not, you know, biding his time away and let the third year happen and have to rush to have to go to Mumbai and do something there. He, he, he was all, 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 always concerned. And that concern, that worry, that love uh, for work, I really respected that. And then when I moved, moved to Mumbai, and, and then we did, we did a lot of, lot of television together. And we used to hang around. I mean, he's, 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 he's my best friend. And uh, I'm going to ask you a lot more about him later on. But um, while uh, before we move on, still sticking with Hustle, uh, why do you think Hustle has become uh, what it, it has become over the years? Um, you know, as more and more have discovered it. It's, uh, it's a fascinating film. And uh, did it uh, do well commercially when it came out first time? Uh, not bad, but not too well also, because it was, there was no publicity and nobody knew this film was coming. Right. I so think the, it has. Sorry. In, the, the, the industry took took it really well um, because because before the release, I had I had started showing it to people. I wanted buyers, so we we, were, we had shown Hassel to almost everybody important in the industry, and everybody was kind of praising, but nobody was ready to buy it. And then when eventually when it got released, uh, no, it didn't do too too well, but it didn't do badly also. Uh, so it was kind of okay, but the word of mouth spread. By the time the film was out of the theaters, but you know, whoever had videos and CDs at that time, yeah, CDs 2000, yeah. So then it kind of grew. And uh, what is it about that film's appeal, in your opinion, that continues to grow even today? Like as uh, you know, young kids are discovering that film, and it has it has practically become a cult uh, by itself. So. Uh, and, uh, you know, for my generation, I mean, I was in college um, then and I just uh, graduated. I, uh, that was my discovery of Irfan, like I said. But as um, kids today who are watching that film, you know, who are well aware of uh, Irfan's body of work, they, even they are being blown away by this film. So what do you think is it, uh, it is about that film? What's its X factor, so to say? I think the world... The world of Hassel was uh, Guzar Saab had done a film called his first film, Mere Apne, was also about, but it wasn't about student politics. But even that film was set right. in Allahabad. Uh, that film was also set in Allahabad, and uh, because he was working on a Bimal Roy film, Bimal Roy was supposed to 
do a film in Allahabad and he had sent Guldar Saab for some research by the time Bill Bimura passed away. So he made Mere Apne on Aparna Jano, a Bengali film, and they sent the film in Allahabad. So when I was also making this hustle, like this was there in the back of my mind. Guldar Saab's first film was also sent in Allahabad, my first film was sent But I, I come from Allahabad. So I think I had a pretty, pretty good understanding of the world, of the university, of the student politics, and uh, so uh, because I come from there, I think the it had a lot of detailing. That film, and as they say in advertising, God lies in detailing. So it was very, very well detailed. The student hostels, what they ate, how they behaved. Uh, how bombs are made. I mean, in Irfan's opening sequence that he's being kicked around, he's being beaten, and he runs in, and he makes this bomb and throws it, uh, which used to happen in Allahabad. I mean, Allahabad's main weapon is bombs. It is not knives, it, these are not pistols, but it's bombs. So all that was there, and real locations, and then magical performance of both Irfan and, and Jimmy and the rest of the gang. Uh, it's my conviction too, I would say, that it was a, my first film, and uh, I think me and Irfan both knew that this film is a, is important to us. I because I was very enthusiastic. Irfan right. had done done few films before, and he was kind of also slightly known in the television sector, but he he took it really really seriously. And he is not from Allahabad; he's from Jaipur. He had not seen that world, uh, so he had come seven eight days before the shoot, and I just threw him with some local guys, and he went around, you know, mixing. With them and going places and he kind of that lingo he picked up, that attitude he picked up, the sense of dressing he picked up in seven eight days. So he's very receptive and observant as an actor, which kind of worked for the film. And like you said, I think since you were a local from Allahabad, I think you have captured that local milieu so well that maybe that's what the secret ingredient is. That that's why it. Uh, you know, palpates with so many people. I mean, for example, for someone like me who has never been to Allahabad, but even then I, I can tell this feels real, you know, and that seems to be a thread throughout your films. Um, and that's credit to you as a filmmaker and uh, as a writer and your writing team. Um, that line is, of course, from your national award-winning film, Pan Singh Tomer. Terrific film. Uh, one of my favorite films from um, last decade. And um, it's it's a fascinating life story of Pan Singh Tomer, but also it's a tribute to all the unsung sports heroes of India. When you set out to make the film, did you see it first and foremost as that tribute? Because I really like that part of the film, uh, which comes at the end. Uh, but um, did you set out to make a film that you wanted to tell the story of this fascinating person, but primarily you wanted it to serve as a tribute for the unsung uh, sports heroes? No, that was not the case. It, 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 it only happened when we were doing a post. Okay, and what made you include that, or what made you kind of also um, include that in uh, towards the uh, end credits? It's just that when we, when 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 the film got edited and uh, uh, we saw, then we realized that actually he's a, he's a uh, he was a sportsman who knew nobody knew about, and there are so many others. So let's put their names and get some more tears. You know, that's what basically. Okay. <laughs> No, that I appreciate that. That's an honest answer. And um, the film is also perhaps the first Indian film to have depicted the sport of running in a very real way. You know, Pan Singh looks like he is a real runner with a lean physique. He doesn't have six packs or, um, you know, the races look real. His training looks real. Uh, even uh, Rajendra Gupta, another fine actor, he actually looks like he might be a trainer. And all these things add to the film. Uh, how did you go about providing that authentic touch within the period context, circa 60s? It's automatic. I mean, you're dealing with some a, a sport which you yourself know nothing about. I mean, steeplechase. How many people know about steeplechase? Um, who goes to watch athletics? Very few. I mean, when there's a big event happening, Asia, or the Olympics, Olympic hasn't happened, or the Commonwealth Games. Um, so steeplechase, nobody knew. So I had to make sure that everything is right. 
So we called the guy who is the, the main uh, trainer, uh, the athlete, the track and field and athletics trainer who used to train the Indian contingent. He was there to uh, kind of train Irfan. And when I met him, then then I got to know more about the race and stuff. So it's not that I knew everything from the beginning. I I also kind of learned and made my way through. Yeah, that was fascinating because um, I mean, you know, uh, we know like how the training happens in probably today's time, but looking at it almost uh, you know 50, 60 years ago, it, it was a completely different landscape. And but I think the film does a great job in at least convincing the viewer I, I, that why I, I, I was I was uh, we were able to achieve that 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 sense of period because we didn't have the budget, so we shot it. I mean, we just had to capture it. And I had budget hota, to I would have placed more cameras in very interesting. <laughs> and that might have created a false image. So, because we didn't have the budget, we man managed to do it. It's not that I'm a fucking genius or anything, nothing of that sort. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That that's a theme that keeps on coming on my podcast too. When we are talking about classics, and you know, it reminds me of a line that uh, Cassavetes said once that most um, masterpieces are accidents, and then we just later on go on and read into it as masterpieces. But everything, like you said, probably came out of necessity or lack of budget or uh, constraints. Because that that was a time when recession kind of hit us. Also, not terribly, but it did, and. Mm. Uh, I had planned when well, I was planning pansing. I said there are two worlds of pansing. One is the the sport world, and one is the the decoit world. So I had thought that we'll do the sports, but on a 16 mm um, with handheld stuff, it will be very. And the entire decoit portion will be shot like a surgery on a film, wide and close and stuff like that. And we'll have to use both cameras. But the recession happened. We had to shoot the entire film on 16 mm. So pansing the one has been shot on 16 mm, the entire film. Awesome. Uh, how close is it to the real um, actual account? Like, um, how much of a liberty have you guys t taken in telling the story of uh, that man? A uh, few things. I mean, I would say a few things. I mean, the first time when he's in the army and he wants to join the sports, uh, the squad, and the, the, his officer says, go and give this ice cream, run home, and it shouldn't melt. And so he runs with the ice cream and he manages. So that is... I mean, we wrote. Sure, but it makes for a, a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple of other things. Otherwise, it is very authentic. The entire story and what happened to him. I see. And there was no objection from Pansing Tomer's uh, family. No. I mean, we had taken permission from his his wife was alive. Pansing's wife was alive, very old, but we took her permission legally and everything. The, the help broke loose after the film's release. The, his nephew, everybody started claiming for money, and the cases went on till about a couple of years back. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I guess that's bound to happen once a film um, gets a lot of success. You know, I was watching Pan Singh again after a long time for this interview, and it reminded me of my favorite Hindi film of this year, uh, Son Chidiya, on more than one occasion. And not just because of Chambal and the setting, but just the thematic imagery, and I think both films share common ground, quote-unquote, in ways more than one. Did you see Sonchidia? What did you think of that film? I liked it. I I, I, I mean, I, I liked it very much. I mean, it's difficult to kind of uh, comment on it because Abhishek is a friend. But the film, the story-wise, it was going haywire. I, I, I kind of watched it in, 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 in installments, not in one go. I thought Abhishek uh, kind of got carried away with the entire terrain and the soul that he has to compete with the film like Bandit Queen and stuff. So uh, he was, uh, his camera placement and the way it was shot was brilliant. Uh, very, very good. But uh, I was not with the character, so, so I was not empathizing with anybody. So it, it kind of couldn't have that kind of effect. I wasn't glued enough. Mm. But yes, it, it did kind of... Uh, hit on, on those sensitive subjects like the caste and the women and all, all those things were there. It had the heart in the right place, that I would say, for that film. It, right. it was, the film was, was, wasn't was cheating us. Right. right, right. And do you think it, 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 there is um, 
influence of Pan Singh Tomar on it, not just, uh, I say that, not just because of the subject matter, but in terms of the um, uh, thematic imagery, like I said, like in terms of the themes of, uh, you know, this uh, kind of isolation and the whole uh, reason, you know, why um, the, the rebels become what they become. I don't think so, but I would say that you you really can't escape it. Mm. Yeah, because that particular region has its specific problems. The look will be the same, the problem of land, water, and money. Most of the I mean, people out there are either in the army or they have a tradition of, you know, family members being decoys. They will not have money in the house, but they will have a gun in the house because having a gun is, is a sign of prestige. So they have a different value system, that entire geography. And you cannot escape that. And if Son Chile managed to hit those points, then I think it has achieved its goal. And rumor has it that you're again working with Irfan on a film on Shiv Kumar Patel. Uh, rumor or truth to it? Which film? Uh, you're working with Irfan on um, a biopic about Shiv Kumar Patel. Shiv Kumar Patel, who's that? Uh, apparently, he's also a uh, decoy. That's what the internet says. <laughs> I've never heard of him. No, no, I'm 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 working on a film uh, on a on a decoy called Dadua. Okay. Yes, Shiv Kumar Patel. You're right. His real name is that. His real name, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but not on him. On 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 the special task force, which which kind of managed to eliminate him. And he was a big decoy, bigger than Virapan. He was he reigned for 35 years. But uh, no, Irfan, Irfan is not working in that film. No. Okay, okay. But you're working on a film about that, but Irfan's not associated with Any plans of working with Irfan soon again? Of course. <laughs> no, I ask you that because you, since you're uh, probably his most uh, frequent uh, collaborator. And uh, let, let's talk about Irfan for a minute before we move on. Um, we all know he's a great actor and all that, but... Um, why why do you think he has that ability of connecting across generations like uh, you know very few people do there are a lot of stars but of course bachchan is there uh, sharukh is there uh, what is it about these people that connects across generations because he's a very rooted person uh, he 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 will not change. he doesn't change i mean even if, even if he's conducting he's there for a film fair award night it's not that suddenly rifan will start acting starry He's very confident because he, he he's such a talented guy. He's so confident of his work. He knows that he will always look right because of his work. So uh, that is why he connects. He looks always real. Even if he's not shooting off camera in a function or an award night or wherever, he will look real to you. you know how others start acting like like sports stars, I mean, while, while they, they're giving their interview or any of their stars, then you look, then they're fake people. He's not. And you can see it. But when he's on screen, uh, what do you think it's about him that um, connects with the audiences more? I think, are you saying that part of his personality comes through? Yes. See, I think whenever an actor connects with the audience, it happens when the audience thinks when he sees the actor on screen and says in his mind, that's exactly I would have reacted. Then that performance worked for that. Then that performance is like magic. And Irfan manages to do that most of the time. He brings across that, that hidden emotion of the, of, of the audience, of every, everybody who's watching him on screen. God, I would have reacted the same way. Exactly, that's the way to react. And his realism is something, something, and attractive realism is something else. Hmm. His performance is is very attracting and very realistic. It's a combination of both. Otherwise, sometimes very realistic acting can become very boring, and very attractive acting is like what our stars do most of the time. They're, they're very style. They have the style, the way they you know hold a cigarette or blow a kiss. That's that's a star does that. Irfan is a mix of both. And that's why it's special. Yep. Digmanshu, in an interview of yours, uh, which I watched recently, I think, I believe it was in 2014, uh, you had mentioned that we don't have enough uh, visionary producers. Um, as we stare at 2020, 
do you think things have changed on that front? Yes, yes, they have. Yeah. Um, I think there are at least uh, three, three or four of them who are like uh, Dinesh Vijayan, Vijayan, Dinesh Vijayan, Madoff Films. Uh, he has a vision. Manish Mundra has a vision. I think even Excel has a vision. The kind of and, um, and what are these uh, visions, if I may ask? I, I think when they they uh, they kind of uh, they come across any kind of material and uh, whoever the director could be, if they believe in that material, they will they kind of support the director. So sometimes you see very obscure directors working with, with them, and and you see the work. I mean, you kind of appreciate it, and and, and I know. Uh, after working in the industry for so many years, where that special push or effort would have come from, that would have definitely come from the producer. So yes, things have changed after after 2014 for good. That's good to hear, and that's especially good to hear from somebody who is out there making films. Let's talk about digital for a minute. Um, you know, digital on one hand has kind of provided this new avenue for long form kind of storytelling, right? Um, you can tell a story without kind of compressing it over, you know, for into two hours. So that's an advantage of it. But a lot of people believe that there's a lot of, uh, you know, uncurated uh, curated content as well that's uh, getting flushed out because of digital. Uh, what, what do you as a content creator see the biggest advantage of this uh, burst of digital uh, platforms and what do you think is um, something that we need to guard against uh, in terms of uh, digital? See, whatever is happening is in, in Hollywood is, 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 is kind of uh, happening here, that uh, Hollywood is churning out these big special effect movies, seven or eight of them every year. Avengers and you know, I don't have to name them. There are so many of them. So what happened there? The other talent they said that I want to be seen. I want my face to be seen. I don't want to work in a special effect. I want to work in drama and other genres. So suddenly that content started coming in on, on, on web. American television was never so good. It was always the British television which was good. And suddenly American television became good. And so slowly that content started coming on as technology grew, started coming on the web. Same thing is happening here. Today, multiplexes, the tickets are so high, a, a family uh, will will spot the film and lock that film. Okay, oh, a Salman Khan film is coming or a big actor's film is coming in this month. I will only go and watch this film because it, it will cost me a lot of money. Because the multiplexes don't just sell you a film ticket. They sell you a parking ticket. They sell you a samosa. They sell you a popcorn, which is 200 times more highly priced than outside. So this whole multiplex experience, this whole money is only going to go to these big films. The rest of the content will eventually have to come down to web. And it is good, really good. Many directors, I mean, they can't, uh, they, they don't have the approach or they don't think or have that kind of script which kind of satisfies a big actor. So they will never work with a Salman Khan or Hrithik or even me for that matter. A might night, I've not ever be able to work with this Salman Khan or, or Shah Rukh Khan. So for me, this space is fantastic. It lets you do the kind of work you want to do without any hurry, without any, any burden of marketing or how many screens will it get? How many shows will it get? Will the show times be good? All that, all that trouble is not there. And you are allowed to explore a world. Web is a world platform. You have to create a world. If the world is interesting, the show will be good. You don't get that much time in a film to explore the world. You have to stick to that three-act structure or because we, in Hindi films, we really have to. You can't really dabble with, 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 with the structure. We can't change that too much. Yes, good things are happening in mainstream cinema. I mean, you get to see a dangal or you get to see uh, even mainstream cinema dabbling into very real stories nowadays. You know, that is very good. But they will never leave that three-act structure because the audience will not understand. But in web, you have this, this opportunity and this advantage. The bad side of web is, yeah, some people are uh, I mean, kind of using it in a different way with a lot of uh, foul language and sex. Even that is fine because they, they are catering to a certain class of people. But my worry is not that. My worry is that India is a very different country. You cannot compare it to any other country in the world. 
there's so many communities, so many languages, so many religions. So if one has to work, I mean, depend on on some on, on the creator's wisdom. If he goes haywire right. and makes a comment or make creates a scene which which kind of uh, which might create a social problem in the country, that kind of censorship is needed in that. Nobody has done it till now, but uh, you never know. What's been your favorite um, Indian web show to come out of India, rather I should say? I think I really like Family Man. It was a very very well balanced show. And uh, Delhi crime, Delhi crime. Though I think the producers and the creators were not from India, but Delhi crime was good. Yeah, yeah, Delhi crime was excellent. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Manchu, Finally, I want to get your um, film recommendations. Um, Hindi film recommendations, but preferably films which many might not have discovered yet. You can go as far back as you want, uh, but I'm looking for some relatively obscure kind of films uh, that our listeners might appreciate seeking out. You mean good films or? <laughs> yes, yes, good films. Good films <laughs> that uh, you love and you think not many people have yet discovered or since um, I gather that you're a film buff uh, yourself. So, um, and Hindi films, um, and I have a lot of uh, listeners uh, who don't speak Hindi. I mean, they essentially uh, enjoy Indian cinema through subtitles, but they really want to seek out films uh, which uh, would expand their horizons as to what Indian cinema really has been and what it has, what's out there. I think Rishikesh Mukherjee's first film, Musafir, uh, yeah. seen that was one film which, I mean, it was made so many years ago. It was a black and white film. Rishikesh Mukherjee's first film. He was Bayman Roy's Yes, yes. And, uh, it, it just talks about one house. I mean, one house in a colony and three different set of uh, uh, families come to stay there. And the stories are not linked at all. It's just about that house. Uh, so, and you have Dilip Kumar in it. You have Ashok Kumar in it. You have Kishore Kumar in it. You have Nanda. You have these big stars working in the film. And it's a very good film, Musafir. I think the, then, which I mean, which is coming just uh, a film called Ye Raste Hain Pyar Ke, Sunil Dutt and Leela Naidu in it. And it's a very interesting film directed by Kishore Sahu, in which, uh, like in theater, not not today's theater, but you know, a few years back when you playwrights used to write, what, is, what the character is feeling, he used to say it. I'm standing in front of this big ball and there's nobody wall. He's just saying it. What, what that person is thinking about me. Oh, he thinks I'm a, I have this vicious plan to kill him. All, all these he's muttering. So the, the subconscious, what the subconscious is thinking, the, it is there going in the mind. The film is structured that way. It's a very mm. un, unique way of storytelling. Very good mix of theater and cinema. Great music also. And Lila Nadu is so gorgeous in the film. And um, which other film? I mean, all these Joginder films are great. I mean, one has to. Bindi or Banduk or Ranga Kush. You see. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen? No. Ranga Kush, you have not seen? No, I haven't. I haven't. See, some of these films, I mean, I know about them, but they're not that easily accessible, you know. So there is no way to find them. And even if you find a print on YouTube, uh, they're, you know, <laughs> fairly pedestrian. So up until now, I mean, now there are some very nice prints that are coming out transfers. But so I know about all these films. Uh, I mean, of course, Musafir and uh, uh, the other one I've seen, but uh, this one I haven't. Okay, now coming back to good film, there are two films which I want, would like every youngster who's interested in Hindi cinema. Uh, I don't know why these films are not shown in film schools. One is Cinema Cinema, which you might have seen. Yes, yes. Uh, directed by Krishna Shah, who made that film called Shalimar. Yes, and yes. I, I saw this film in 1982 in a, in a, in a theater, properly, properly released film. Yes. And it's a documentary. It's a documentary from the silent era. Till, till it was released in 82, so you can say all the films which released in 1980 or 79. It has a record of all those films, and it has Amitabh Bachchan, Dharmin, Zinatamane, Imam Ali. Yeah. Uh, you know? And that one is on YouTube, a fairly good print is on YouTube. There is another film. It's called 
film he film have you heard about it no i don't believe so who who made that film he film i'm forgetting who made that but it's a crazy film so there are the what time did it come out uh, this is 70s 80s I don't think it ever got released or did did get released. And if you see the film, probably it has the censor certificate, so you would know when it got released. So, but I also saw it on on YouTube. I didn't see it in theaters. So it's a great film in the sense, in in real time, what is happening? A, a producer has lost all his money. Somehow manages to start his new film. So he gathers all these actors from streets, and that is Pran Sah playing that this role. And he how he tells them about. acting and and films because these are not trained actors and when he tells them this you cut to all these clipping of films which are all the unreleased films mm, so it's interesting okay it has clippings of so many unreleased film as a film buff you will love it right right oh this is this is uh, yeah i love that because you know i mean there is that famous montage in uh, cinema paradiso where all the censored uh, clips uh, Uh, he sees all the censored clips at the end and this kind of reminds me of that yeah so clippings of all the un- picture shuru hui teen reel char reel bani and then it, the, the film got shelved you know and with actors like devan and then sadhana and amitabh bachchan and so many others and it has a very precious clipping of a film called sasta khoon mehanga pani directed wow. directed by k asif asif who made mughal e azam of course yes and you see that film and you will understand what kiasif was all about you will i mean even directed even directed today 2092 will not be able to visualize those kind of shots you watch it it's on youtube i will i will definitely and i will also include the link in the show notes of this episode because this is something that i definitely dig and i i know that a lot of listeners uh, listening to this podcast will definitely seek it out Hey, just a quick bit about K. Asif. Um, Mughal-e-Azam, of course, everybody knows, and uh, you know, right now uh, we're on the cusp of Panipat releasing, which is also historical. And there have been quite a few historicals lately. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that's common, I think, among most of them is that uh, there is not much attention to detailing, or you know, there is they're not in kind of sync with the times that the events take place. and one of the things which i love about mughal-e-azam is all the little things that kiasif um, quote unquote directed as in you know um, there is a famous story i'm pretty sure that you will know about this is that you know he told um, dilip kumar that um, temper is not going to dance right yeah yeah he will not sing a song exactly he he won't sing he won't dance and also there has to be a distance as to how far he stands from the other people and so forth which uh, uh, you know many might think it's very elitist or something but those were the times right i mean that's how things took place at that uh, in those times and he took extra effort in explaining that and kind of directing that in the picture uh what a fabulous filmmaker but any um, anecdotes about kiasif that you can share with us i would love to hear them himanshu i will make kiasif's biopic nobody oh else, okay nobody else is i have not started it i don't have the rights but nobody can make it i'm i love him so much okay and i've done a lot of research on kiasif so kiasif okay. is i mean he he was like like sachin tendulkar was sent this world to play cricket k asik was sent by god to make mughal-e-azam and he he only made two and a half films he made a film called pool before uh, mughal-e-azam and right. then he only made this love and god which he couldn't finish and passed away right. and in, bet- in between he made this film called sasta kul mehanga pani few reels and the film got shared and stuff there are so many stories k asik was a fifth class pass tailor from etawa only fifth class pass and a tailor okay from etawa up and he makes this beautifully technically so well crafted film called mughal-e azam when he was shooting that sheesh mein song pyar kiya to darna kiya yeah david dean sent him a letter that it is impossible so many other technicians from the worlds are sending him letters that you there's mirrors everywhere where will you put your light where will you put anything everything is going to reflect 
and he still managed to do that. Mughal-e Azam is technically so correct. The war scenes, I mean, even today, people are saying that Panimat war sequences are very good. I haven't seen it, but even today, those the, because the Indian he 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 managed to get the Indian army to do those scenes, the war scenes. Four people got killed in cannon, <laughs> cannon explosion, right. and so and he was a visionary. He was a visionary director. I mean, he so many years it took him. And who was the producer? Shahpur Palanji. He was not a regular producer. He was an architect who made the Victoria Terminus and the Queen's Necklace in Mumbai. And he never made any any film after Mughal-e-Azam, and he kept funding that film because even he loved uh, Akbar, and uh, K. Asif also had great respect for Akbar. So they were ma- both making this film for Akbar the Great, and he kept funding. Though everybody in the st- industry was uh, kind of telling Shahpurji Palanji, "You're wasting your money," and he's wasting this and wasting that. But Shahpurji Palanji always said that he hasn't built a house for himself. He still travels in a taxi. He sleeps on on studio floors. He, whatever money I'm giving, that money is going going for the film production, not is for himself. And for so many years, I mean, it was like I cannot. I mean, he is special, Kaysef. I love Mehboob Khan, all these directors, but uh, nobody can touch Asif. He was a very special. And is this your dream project? Is this something you're working on, or is this something that you want to uh, pursue? I, I want to. I, I still don't have the. I haven't met the family, and you know. I, but right. I really want to make a film on Kiasif and the making of Mughal Azam. I mean, both both together. Yeah, yeah. I w- I would love to see that. And who would make a good uh, Kiasif on screen? It's fun. <laughs> no surprises there, right? <laughs> I think we are in agreement. <laughs> I, I think Irfan would kill it. I mean, Irfan would kill it as anybody. But uh, you um, is is Irfan a big uh, film buff himself? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, then then I, I think yeah, yeah, he is gonna definitely kill it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You know, Shagrit is another film which I think kind of went under the radar. Uh, so to speak, and you know, it's uh, I like that film a lot, and I want to ask you about the casting and everything as well. But I always saw that film as uh, you know in the similar space as Training Day, the Denzel Washington Ethan Hawke film, and it, it's it's uh, I'm not saying it's a remake of that film or anything, but it's it's that similar dynamic between uh, you know a veteran cop and a rookie cop, and from there you have kind of queued off into this kind of local politics and everything. And uh, is that something that you consciously did or that's just a coincidence? Uh, did you like Training Day? Uh, were you influenced by that picture? Oh, I love Training Day. I mean, Antoine Foucault is one of my favorite directors. I mean, the whole, I mean lately his films are not, I don't like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hated Magnificent Seven. Yes, uh, <laughs> I didn't like it either. But, uh, you can say it's a coincidence, but when I kind of realize it, that it's slightly—I mean, the 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 combination of the two cops and and the, the chemistry between the two is kind of very close to Training Day. I said, so bloody what? There's so many films like this. Sure, yeah, so, there's nothing wrong. I, in it, yeah. I kind of I did not, I did not let it affect me. And then from there, uh, what was the germ of the story? Like, how did you um, uh, visualize it? Like, it's not that I first thought of training day, or, or, or I did not think of this combination. The, it was a very plot-driven film, so I w- we were always working on the plot. And okay. uh, then Nana came in, and then we, we didn't have uh, the the, the, uh, the actor who was supposed to play the the the, the, the rookie, and uh, we had difficult time casting it. And then kind of Mohit was left, so we kind of said, okay, fine, let's. How did you narrow down on uh, Nana Patekar for that role? Uh, did you always have him in mind for that role, or uh, earlier I, I was supposed to do this film with Rajkumar Santoshi? I mean, he was supposed to produce it, and I had, I had uh, approached Anil Kapoor for it, but he was oh, taking wow. yeah, he was taking a lot of time. At that time, he was making that film Gandhi, my father, and he was shuttling between here in South Africa, and he, he came in for almost a year. He did not commit, so I had to move on. And how was it working with Nana Partikar? I mean, it's a different song and dance, right? So, uh, a lot of people, I mean, he's a great actor, but he comes with his own kind of baggage, uh, so to yes, speak. Yes, he, 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 uh, he was difficult. He was very difficult. 
He's a difficult actor to work with. I mean, uh, a nightmare sometimes. And, um, but uh, he's also magical. I mean, I, I, but he's still old. He's an old school actor. He's, he's a good old school actor, like Sanjeev Kumar was. No? Hmm. Very interesting that you say that. Uh, what, in, in what ways are they... Um... In what I mean, ways are this? The these actors, they work, they work on the punctuations. I will punctuate the line like that. I will say it some. They work on that dialogues a lot. And I don't believe in dialogue so much. Though I, I, I'm, an, I'm an expert in writing very dramatic lines. I've done it in Bullet Raja and many other films. Uh, but the thought, my whole idea of acting is, is the thought which goes in the person's mind before he utters those lines, is acting. We always say whatever we say, but before that, a thought comes in our mind. And then we say it. That thought coming is acting. So the new breed of actors kind of believe in, 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 in this, uh, in, in this uh, process. The older generation, good actors, like Sanjeev Kumar, found a great actor, great actor. And Nana Patekar also follows the same discipline. I mean, they believe more on dialogue, Bazi. They will say it in a nice way, which will look very realistic. It will not look like a typical old school dialogue bazi, which bad actors used to do. So Nana Patekar is still old school, but he's great. He's very, very effective. Yes, but, yes. I mean, he adds no. that a different um, dimension to the role, um, you know, whenever he comes on screen. But like you said, yeah, he's, uh, I can imagine him being a difficult actor to work with. It, it, something like Shagird, you know, always struck me as, um, you know, prime material for like a series, you know, because it has that kind of a flow to it. And it has those kind of character arcs. Have you ever um, toyed with the idea of taking those characters forward and or maybe something that is kind of a spin-off of uh, Shagird for a web series? No, no, it didn't occur to me. No. Though I'm, I'm working on a, on a series on student politics, of today's student politics, kind of an extension of Hassel in that way. Oh, so, nice. When, when is that coming out? I mean, we, we just cracked the script and we are kind okay. of pushing, okay. push, pushing the, the, the material. Okay. And what, uh, is there something on floors right now that you're working on? Uh, I just did one show called Out of Love, which is showing on Hotstar. Uh, okay. I did, it's a five. It's a mini series, five episodes. So I did, did it to the first two, and I also did Criminal Justice, which is yes, I saw Criminal Justice. That was that was a great show, by the way. Yeah, I love the original show as well, and uh, Criminal Justice was great too. And again, um, what a wonderful uh, way to see Jackie Shroff in, you know, in Criminal Justice. Oh, yes. it, it's like all these actors, you know, from '90s and '80s that I grew up. Uh, watching and i think they their best is yet to come i mean i was just uh, watching chunky pandey the other day in prasthanam and i i love seeing him in those kind of gray roles you know uh, any day over like akri pasta and everything i'm not trying to put down those characters that he plays but you know it's just like there's just so much to these actors that yes. we haven't even tapped into and I'm so glad that Jackie Shroff is doing all this. these actors. They will do very well in the web space. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you there's something I've never uh, kind of, I mean, it didn't occur to me. Maybe. See, in films, only the star, when we were shooting on film, on celluloid, uh, on, on celluloid it was expensive. Right. All the actors who were, because they were singing songs, you knew the length of the song is five, five, six minute song, five, six minute jana jana. Otherwise, everything else was rushed. So you don't waste stock. So the, the acting style became like that. You have just have to finish the line. Information has gone to the audience. So the, the, the entire rush, the flavor of performance, those pauses, they are not there in our films. Gets lost, yeah. Yes, but now after digital you have that advantage. So you see, everybody's taking time. They take their pauses. They enjoy what they're doing. So this technology has been really great for us. Digmanchu, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us. Uh, oh. This was great. That was Digmanchu Dulia. Hope you liked the chat. If you have a comment, suggestion, 
or anything you would like to add to the conversation held on the episode, do drop me a comment on Twitter. Would love to hear it. Do subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and drop us a review when you get a chance. You can follow me on Twitter at Love of Cinema SFA for podcast-related updates and my tweets on all things movies. That's all I got today. See you next time. This is Himanshu signing off. And like always, thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.